Moncrief on News Talk. It is time for how to when we address the sorts of decisions we don't take every day. Today it's how to floor your home, and we're joined by Fenton Farley, stone and wood expert from Tile Style Fenton. Good afternoon to you. Thank you very much for the invite. Does anybody put carpet down anymore? On their, now, this is, I'm throwing you the most softball question, seeing that you don't sell carpet. But, uh, I'm sure the carpet shops will tell you it's very popular, <laughs> but not in tile style. Or, or certainly not downstairs anymore. It doesn't seem to love it downstairs. I think a lot of people still like it in their bedrooms for when they step out of the bed, they want that bit of warmth on it. Yeah. They, yeah. they generally like a bit of warmth on their feet. Right. Now, so, okay, well, we'll start with wood then. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're considering putting in, in wood on the floor downstairs, how many different sorts are there of wood and, and well, how do they vary? Of wood, generally, we have solid woods and then we have engineered woods. And sometimes that's also known as parquet, which is slightly different. Um most on the market now, the moat would be engineered as opposed to being the solid. And there right, are okay, what does, what does engineered mean? So an engineered wood would be mainly you would have the top wear, the wear layer on it would be an oak, which would be a hardwood. Yeah. And then the bottom layers would either be a plywood or a soft for the faster growing species underneath. A couple of reasons why we do that. An oak tree can take up to 120 years of growth before it'll actually be ready to yield, yield uh, the product that we need to make that wear layer out of it. So it is a long process to do yeah. that and we're obviously we're very very much environmentally friendly and very much environmentally aware now these days so um, the faster growing species because that underside of the wood doesn't really get used it never gets seen so why have oak all the way through Yeah. having said that we do actually sell a floor that has triple layer oak on oak on oak so it helps it's, it's more sustainable and um, it's using the right product in the right place Right, okay. So, uh, and say, uh, laminate is laminate just kind of a cheap knockoff version of what you've just described? Knockoff wouldn't be the right word, <laughs> um, depending <laughs> on your budget <laughs> and where you're living, because I also sell laminate floors as well. They would be a very budget sensitive option for people's homes. They're yeah. extremely hard wearing and should be considered in some homes, um, especially if you're, like I say, if you're budget conscious, they're great for, for bedrooms. Um, downstairs, they've got they've improved. The technology is always improving as well, so they're much more realistic than what they used to be. And for young families, they are very, very hard and very, very durable. So yeah. they, they do have good good points to them. Uh, now, I'm, I'm interested in what you think about putting either the, the, the solid wood or, or the engineered wood into a kitchen, because that, that's particularly a part of the house that sees a lot of traffic. People are walking in and out, bicycles are going over it, all the rest of it. Uh, and people might have the worry that that's going to get scratched and then you're going to have to go back over it again. So what I can tell you from my own experience is that um, I used to have marble floors in my kitchen and dining room. And now I have, uh, we did a renovation there about seven years ago. And now I have engineered oak floors in my own kitchen. Three kids, albeit a little bit older than the younger kids, but three kids, a dog. And I had the football boots and the stiletto heels and all that going mm. through the home as well. And of the two, and I love both because I'm the wooden stone specialist. I love both. I love the naturals. Um, I really, really like my oak floor in there. I'm getting older, along with the wife as well. And, and, and wooden floors are softer on our joints. They're softer on our knees. They're softer on our hips. They're softer on our ankles as well. They're naturally warm. Wood is warm. Mm, yeah. So yeah. when you walk out in your bare feet, or if, if depending on how you're living your life nowadays, a lot of homes nowadays, the kitchen and the dining room have become one space again. We're knocking down walls in between the two and we're quite happy to entertain in that space where we're cooking our food. We're quite happy to have our friends sitting at the dining room table. And one thing that we noticed with the marble floors is that we, as we didn't have underfloor heating, when the girls kicked off their shoes after a period of time or, or even the last themselves, we found the floor cold underneath where the wood is naturally warm to you. Mm. So we have quite a large 
large kitchen. I have one radiator in it and that's all it takes. Yeah. Because the wood ins- is an insulator as well. So it holds in the heat as well. All wooden floors will mark and scratch. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's just how it is. But hopefully it'll age, it'll age gracefully <laughs> like some yeah. of us do. The, the, and so you're, when, you're, when you buy an engineered floor or a solid uh, oak floor, what is it treated with when you, when you first get it? A lot of floors nowadays are actually sold with oil. In the old days, it was either a matte lacquer or a satin lacquer. And oil floors uh, weren't as popular because they weren't as a hard-wearing surface. But that's all changed. Imagine modern technology now. Oils are extremely durable and they're every bit as hard. Your parents and my parents, we probably would have bought a solid oak floor and it would have been coated with either a matte lacquer or uh, a satin lacquer. Mm. And to refurbish those, you had, had to get a, an expert in to sand the floor, take back that layer and then recoat it oh again. Oh, God. So quite a long yeah. and dirty process. With oiled floors, what you do is that if your floor looks tired after six months and six years, and that will depend on the wear and tear that you have in mm. your home, you can re-oil the floor. And re-oiling the floor is a very simple process. It takes longer to clean the floor than it does to actually physically oil the floor. Okay, and when you say oil, are you talking about the oil that you might put in a countertop? That no, a different, oil type kind of, of, yeah. a different type of oil, similar to a varnish, but yeah. a lot easier to apply than a varnish. The same sort of technology, but it would be much more hard, hard wearing. And we tend to put it on with either rollers, paintbrushes or swivel headed mops. Like I say, oh. I, my wife oiled the floor there recently for the first time. It took me longer to clean the floor than it did to her, for her to oil the floor. Yeah. She came up and she says, actually quite enjoyed oiling the floor fitness. I got to know my floor and I said, great, because you're doing another coat in the morning. Yeah. Glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> and you'd leave it there overnight. Leave it there yeah. overnight. Bit, you, it could take out from 24 win- to 40 hours to yeah. fully cure. And the window's open, presumably. Is there, no, is there, is there a, much a, in the order of it? No, there's not much order than anything anymore. VOCs, we're very, very conscious of um, harmful vapour. So that, that type of technology is gone now. There all, none of them would do any harm to you at all. They're right, okay. And when it comes to laying that floor, now, you know, obviously you can go the route of just getting somebody to do it for you. Yes. If somebody fancies doing it themselves, it's, it, it, that, the wooden floors nowadays are kind of tongue and grooved or a version of that and require not that much fixing to the, to, to the, the brackets underneath or to the Depending on the floor that, that you buy, there are different construction methods and different joining methods. Of it. Some of them have the traditional ones, the tongue and groove, and there's a, a good reason for that because they're what we call constructional boards. They can go directly onto joists. But the more modern way is has a locking system in it. But the locking system, in order for one board to lock into the other, uh, parts of the wood can get quite thin in places. So they're not designed to go directly onto joists, but they can go directly onto a concrete screen or they can go down onto a, a flat joist, uh, sorry, a joisted floor with some flooring grade plywood on top of that. They interlock and while they would be a more DIY product as a carpenter by trade myself, I would always say <laughs> I asked the wrong man this question. Yes. Bring in the guy who knows what he's doing. No, in all seriousness um, if, you're, if you're handy enough, yes, the boards can be jointed fairly easy to get it. The devil is in the detail. Trimming around in the fireplace or trimming around uh, a door open you're meeting another floor. That's mm. where the detail is. Everything else be, can, can be hidden underneath the skirting. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Now, okay, given that you are a carpenter by trade and someone's going, I could do that, that looks easy. Uh, what appalling mistake could people make? Generally, uh, the floor preparation. The floor has to be flat, clean and dry. Mm. So your substrate, whether it be concrete, like I say, or else a uh, prepared joisted floor with some flooring grade plywood, if that's not flat, clean and dry, if there's humps and bumps in that, it's going to show through your floor. It's not going to, your floor is not going to cover that. You'll get hollows in it, you get voids, and then you'll get noise through the floor. Mm. So um, it should be, and, and the, the flatter it is, the easier it is for you to fit that floor in afterwards. Yeah, and you said about, I mean, obviously the, it, you can cover things with the skirting board, but if you say it's around a fireplace... 
heat from things can that affect a wooden floor? So especially with wooden floors uh, wooden floors will never stop taking in moisture and extruding moisture as well it's a living product um, you notice with your architrave and your skirtings you paint them up and then you turn on the heating in the summer and or sorry in the winter and then in the summer you notice cracks in the architrave and all mm. that as well so it never stops living and breathing so expansion joints are very important around the perimeter with all wooden floor surfaces and in fact even with rigid surfaces like tiles porcelain tiles or ceramic tiles we're supposed to leave 10 millimeter expansion joint around the perimeter and that also includes any other hard surface that is meeting so if you were meeting a hearth or if you were coming up against a tiled floor that is rigid the expansion should be left there to allow the floor to get expand and contract mm. and also concrete also expands and contracts in our homes as well because it's a natural product and it will also absorb water too so when you fix a porcelain tile to it that's rigid and non-absorbent it's actually discreet underneath it that is moving so again we have to allow expansion joints around the perimeter Right and that's what, like a few millimetres 10 millimetres yeah. the norm for around the, for around the perimeter of a room Yeah uh, I bought a 1970s house a couple of years ago and I can't afford to replace the t- tiles in the kitchen. The tile colour is grand but the grout is filthy and stained. Can I do anything to fix them up that wouldn't mean lifting up the floor? Yeah. A lot of elbow grease. Yeah. It generally it is the better grouts nowadays um, had mixes in them and they're, and they're more water repellent and they are easier to keep clean newer tiles now are much better calibrated as well which allows us to have much tighter joints and the trend now is for much larger tiles as well so we're trying to eliminate much as much grout as possible unfortunately in the old days the tilers used to like lovely wide joints 6 mil up to 12 mil joints <laughs> I only visited a home last night and you would fall into the grout joints that were that wide <laughs> there are chemicals that you can use to clean them um, but there's no the elbow grease is what it is yeah and you yeah. know that you can get them pen things that claim they can spruce up your grouting they'll do it for a very short period of time most right. grouting is a cavity in a floor so the dirt is going to want to go in there yeah uh, cleaning do. your sorry cleaning your floors is very very important and, and not that I do any of it at home <laughs> But um, what we see, what we tend to see a lot of times, the people should hoover their floor first before they clean it, no matter what the surface is, whether it's a hard surface or a soft. So hoover it first and get the big, the main dirt off it, and then wash your floor. Your average kitchen, you should change the water two or three times. What we're doing is with our mop and our bucket is we're we're putting a nice clean mop into the bucket of clean water. We're washing half the floor. We're wringing that mop into the clean water and we're putting the mop back into it, <laughs> reintroducing it to the floor and then expect to walk away with a clean floor. So what we're doing is we're just pushing the dirt around. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, the laminates uh, Amtico, Cardine, etc.? Tom wants to know. So they're technically they're not laminates, but the technology is very the same. They're what's called LVTs, luxury vinyl tiles. Uh, well, Amtico's been on the market a long time and, and a wonderful product. There are new advancements in that. The older Amtico's used to be a very thin product, two and a half millimetres thick. The floor had to be as flat as a billiard table and it was stuck down to it. The modern oh. technology now is to have a click floor similar to a laminate and the engineering is very similar to it. It's a click floor and it floats on top of it. You don't bond it to the actual substrate itself. Usually about half the thickness of a laminate but that doesn't mean the durability isn't there as well. So it's crushed stone is what it's made from on the under layer and then the top layer is a vinyl or a plastic with a, with a print or a picture of whatever that floor is to look like whether it be stone or whether it be uh, wood. 
Right. And would you put something underneath it? like the, the, the Yes, you generally would put an underlay on yeah. it too. And that, that does a couple of things. It, it separates the two floors from each other so they're allowed to move independent of each other if you're floating a floor. They also wa- work as a, a damp-proof membrane so it stops any moisture that might be in the concrete. And older homes, when we were building our homes years ago, we didn't always have uh, DPMs in our homes. We didn't always have that barrier there. Yeah. So you should need to be very careful on the older homes. And then it also helps with soundproofing as well is that um, if there's a void between two floors you're always going to get that knocking sound so if you buy a good quality uh, underlay it will also help to remove this, the sound that hollowness of it. Yeah and when you said Amtico was a kind of a t- it's a tile rather no, than No no Amtico was a soft vinyl floor it's yeah. like you, if you remember my parents certainly had a vinyl that was rolled out in a big long yes, roll I remember them, so yes. Amtico, Amtico generally is comes in, in narrow strips and it's copying wood flooring so it's made right. in the width okay. and the length of planks very popular to do it in a herringbone or something like that Tremendous floor. Anybody who has an Amtico floor, and it's a brand, we don't do them ourselves, but they're a great brand and they were very, very popular in the 90s. And uh, anyone who has them, they would generally say it, the floor is as good as the day to put it down. So right. it's great technology. The technology is also used by the, the main department stores, the likes of food courts and that type of thing. So they're really, really hard and durable. They're great for high point loading where you have shelving and all that, but take massive amount of fo- uh, foot traffic. So that has now evolved into a click floor system that floats. DIY, yes, if you have the right tooling again yeah. on it. But again, yeah. I will always say to you, bring yeah, in the trades. Right, uh, right uh, can, uh, I'm with your guest. I love my oak floors. However, I've noticed the wood is paler underneath the doormat where it's been blocked from the sunshine coming into the house. Is that normal? Can I do anything to bring it back to the same shade as the rest of the floor? Difficult, difficult to do that. Most wooden floors will darken after a period of time unless there's a lot of natural light getting uh, onto the floor which would have bleached the floor um, it's, it is difficult to do because your floor is sealed it has some sort of a lacquer and an oil on it now mm. what you can do is you, again I would say bring in a specialist this is not a DIY thing to do but you could give it a light sanding in that area find a colour that is uh, similar to the floor itself rub it in there with a cloth uh, have another cloth which in case you've gone too deep and you can pull it back out of it and then of course you would you'd need to overcoat it again then to make sure that you have a top layer of top mm. coating on it because mats tend to get wet and, and it's it's it the mats absorb the moisture and then it's sitting on the floor for quite regularly. So it's basically bleaching is going on there or or the lack of bleaching if if it's a darker floor. Right, okay. Can you recommend an oil for an engineered oak floor, please? Kate wants to know. I can, but I'd have to name a brand. We, we ah, go on, go we, mad. We yeah. sell we sell a product of broadleaf hard wax oil. Now we need to be very careful that not all not all oils are compatible with each other, so mm. they may not one may not bond to the other. But we we sell a product called broadleaf hard wax oil. It's an extremely durable commercial product. It's very very environmentally friendly, so no bad fumes of it. And uh, we again, like I said, I ninety percent of the floors that I sell are actually oil floors because I believe they're much more durable and they're much easier to look after so that would be the one okay we'd that's one uh, just bought a house don't like tiles what is involved to lift them quite a lot of dirt <laughs> and dust that <laughs> <laughs> really have a very sore back that's now, <laughs> now, under the right circumstances as well tiling on tiling can be a very very good surface yes, as well yeah. so if, if we're happy that the tiles are already fixed and that they're sound and that there's no hollow spots in them and there's no cracks or anything like that in the floor and, and they're well adhered you can actually Technically, you can clean that tile back. You put on a primer to help bond it to it and then you stick it with a good quality tile adhesive. 
the only issue is that obviously you're going to be bringing up the heights in your floor because they're generally your floor tiles, porcelain tiles, ceramic tiles can be about 10 millimetres thick and then you could have a bed of anton from 3 to 5 millimetres. So you're going mm. to have a, a build up of 15 millimetres just over a half an inch. That's the difficulty. Pulling up tiles is a dirty job and there is. is no way. And if the tiles are fitted correctly in the first place, it's going to be an even harder job. Yeah. Can you put lino over tiles? Yes, indeed you can. Yeah. yeah. Any floating floor can basically go over an existing floor if it's clean, flat and dry. Uh, what can I do to restore very faded walnut engineered board due to sunlight? The floor has been down 15 years, Peter wants to know. You've done very well over a floor for 15 years if you haven't done anything with it. So again, what you, what would be involved is we'll be bringing in a specialist to take that lacquer off the floor. If it was 15 years ago, I would think it's either a satin lacquer or a matte lacquer. So that needs to be removed off the floor. Your specialist then can apply another coating or a darkened coating on top of that and then again reapply the top coat on top of that and you'll get another 12 to 15 years from it as well. I have a hardwood floor and I bought the best I could find in 2006. There's a lot of marks. I don't think putting oil straight on it is any good. Could I get it sanded? And what options have you for finishing them sanded? Uh, Can you oil them or is it varnish only? No, you can oil them. um, You you can oil them or you can varnish them. Mm. Um, All wooden floors will scratch. And mark yeah. and don't let anybody tell you any different. They will, they will do that. And as I say to you, hopefully they'll age gracefully, like, gracefully like the rest of us. But if uh, modern floors nowadays are bought in the old days, I say our parents would have bought an oak floor or a cherry floor or a walnut floor, and there would have been no colour or no treatment to it. Flooring, how we buy flooring now, are much more sophisticated, and our clients want a lot more from us. So a lot of colour would be involved in the floor, possibly mm. hand scraping, possibly brushing, possibly lime wash in it. So we're interfering with the, with the hardwood. If you sand back that floor, you may, you will lose a lot of what you paid for as well. So this is the advantage of oiling a floor over lacquering a floor because you don't have to sand an oiled floor. You clean it back and you oil it, and you preserve the everything that's underneath it. If it was a lacquered floor, yes, you have to remove that lacquer, and but. If it was bought 15 years ago, the chances are is that there is no colour. That we weren't really staining a lot of floors back then. Mm. Uh, they, they weren't as sophisticated as they are nowadays. Uh, the, is the cost of parquet going to come down? I got a quote of eight and a half grand for a 35 square metre room, inclusive of, inclusive of vat and installation. Also, is solid wood floor a waste of time if you have kids? Is solid wood a bad idea in the kitchen? Also, what are your thoughts of wood look tiles and are they cold? God, there's a lot of questions in there. So uh, I think you've answered actually the, 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 the two subsequent ones, but the, uh, the cost of parquet. But I suppose this parquet, it's fecky because to, to, it's small pieces. You have to put them down individually. Correct. So as as a manufacturer, as the manufacturers have a lot more work to do. Instead of working with one plank that has a large surface area, the smaller parquet. Parquet is small pieces of wood. It's French of small pieces of wood. So by their nature, there's a lot more machining involved mm. in those. For fitting-wise, parquet flooring generally is about 15% waste as opposed to plank floors is only about 5% waste. So again, there's an extra cost element in that. One of the biggest cost elements is actually the fitting process of the floor because it is a lot more finical. There's a lot more cutting to be done in it and people would like borders in it as well. So yes, your parquet flooring will always be more expensive. Now you can buy laminates and you can also buy LVTs and parquet and Mm. they look great. And in fact, I would encourage people when they're buying a copy of something is if they can make it look more authentic by having a design or parquet in it or a herringbone or a chevron in it, it will trick people to thinking that the floor is more natural than what it actually is. Yeah. But yes, it will always be that little bit more expensive. You also pay for the quality that you get as well. Yeah, actually, funny enough, in my own house, we were having tiles put down in, in... we had tiles put down in the kitchen. Now they're kind of like wood. They look like wood, wood tiles. Yeah. yeah. Um, but 
the, the Tyler I'd said I give you two quotes one for just li- having them straight or one for having them in the hairbone thing which is obviously much more expensive it is much yeah. more much more uh, much more time consuming to do that uh, wood effect tiles yes we do those as well um, they have evolved tremendously with new technology um, tiles are, are, are print basically they photograph products and they print it on the surface but now with digital printing they, they will go down to if they're copying stone they'll go down to the quarries and they'll actually photograph the real thing and it's the same with wood they will actually photograph it and that print can be put onto the face of the tile and they now put texture into them as well which also helps with slip resistance as well so they're becoming much more realistic even though in my own company they are my competition in some ways but they do have some great advantages and they're pretty much bulletproof they're very hard to mark they're Mm. very hard to scratch they're a lifetime job there's very little maintenance on that Uh, actually there's a lot we could talk about uh, tiles but you know what we've run out of time we were talking about wood so much we might have you back to talk about the tiles <laughs> on another day I'd be very fin- happy to Fintan thanks for coming in to us that was uh, Fintan Farley there a stone and wood expert from Tile Style Moncrief weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.